This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio proudly presents The Glory of the Mass with Terry Ross. From the earliest roots of the Christian faith, music has played a central role in holy worship. For the next hour, let your spirit soar as we highlight selected pieces of beautiful sacred music from the rich history of the Catholic liturgy. Now, here's the host of The Glory of the Mass, Terry Ross. Welcome to The Glory of the Mass, a weekly program devoted to beautiful sacred music performed as part of the Catholic Liturgy. I'm your host, Terry Ross, and in today's program, we'll concentrate on music for two feast days that fall this week, the Feast of Corpus Christi, which is the Sunday after Trinity Sunday, June 11th, and the Feast of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, which we'll celebrate on Friday, June 16th. Both of these major feasts focus on the bodily aspect of Jesus Christ. Corpus Christi, on the presence of his blood and flesh in the Eucharist, and Sacred Heart on Christ's heart as a symbol of his love for humanity. The Feast of Corpus Christi, in Latin, it's Dies Sanctissimi Corporis et Sanguinis Domini Jesu Christi, Day of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Jesus Christ the Lord, is also known as the Solemnity of Corpus Christi. It celebrates the real presence of the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ in the physical elements of the Eucharist. The feast is liturgically celebrated on the Thursday after Trinity Sunday, or when the Solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ is not a holy day of obligation, it is assigned to the Sunday after the Most Holy Trinity, which is the case this year. The institution of Corpus Christi as a feast resulted from approximately 40 years of effort on the part of Juliana of Liege, a 13th century Norbertine canoness, also known as Juliana de Cornillon, born at the end of the 12th century in Liege, Belgium, a city where there were groups of women dedicated to Eucharistic service. Guided by priests, these women lived together, devoted to prayer, and charitable works. Orphaned at the age of five, Juliana and her sister Agnes were entrusted to the care of the Augustinian nuns at the convent and leprosarium of Montcorion, where Juliana developed a special veneration for the Blessed Sacrament. She always longed for a feast day outside of Lent in its honor. This desire was enhanced by a vision she had of the church under the appearance of a full moon with one dark spot, which signified the absence of such a solemnity. In 1208, she reported her first vision of Christ himself, in which she was instructed to plead for the institution of the Feast of Corpus Christi. This vision was repeated for the next 20 years, but she kept these a secret. When she eventually relayed them to her confessor, he told the bishop. Juliana also directly petitioned Robert de Tourette, Bishop of Liège. At that time, bishops could order feasts in their diocese. 
So in 1246, Bishop Robert ordered a celebration of Corpus Christi to be held each year on the Thursday after Trinity Sunday. The first such celebration occurred at St. Martin's Church that same year. Hugh of Sancher traveled to Liège as Cardinal Legate in 1251, and, finding that the feast was not being observed, reinstated it. In the following year, he established the feast for his whole jurisdiction, Germany, Dacia, Bohemia, and Moravia, to be celebrated on the Thursday after the Octave of Trinity, one week later than had been indicated for Liège, but with a certain elasticity. For he granted an indulgent for all those who confessed their sins and attended church on a date and in a place where the feast was celebrated. Jacques Pantaleon of Troyes was also won over to the cause of the feast of Corpus Christi during his ministry in Liège as archdeacon. It was he who, having become Pope Urban IV in 1264, instituted by papal bull the solemnity of Corpus Christi on the Thursday after Trinity as a feast for the entire Latin Church. Devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus is one of the most widely and well-known Roman Catholic practices, taking Jesus Christ's physical heart as a representation of his divine love for humanity. Devotion to the Sacred Heart can be clearly traced back to at least the 11th century. It marked the spirituality of St. Bernard of Clairvaux in the 12th century, and of St. Bonaventure and St. Gertrude the Great in the 13th. The beginnings of a devotion toward the love of God as symbolized by the heart of Jesus are found even in the fathers of the Church, including Oregon, St. Ambrose, St. Jerome, St. Augustine of Hippo, and St. Cyprian, who referred in this regard to the Gospel of John. But the first liturgical feast of the Sacred Heart was not celebrated with Episcopal approval until as late as 1670 in the major seminary of Rennes, France, through the efforts of St. John Eudes. Its date has been fixed as 19 days after Pentecost on a Friday. Now, you may already know that in these programs we focus on the parts of the Mass that are traditionally sung by a cantor or choir. Of these, there are ten. Five of them are on texts particular to a day of the church calendar, and five others, called the ordinary, whose texts are unchanging, are used at many different times of the church year, such as today's Mass by the 15th and 16th century Flemish composer Heinrich Isaac. These ten alternate with one another throughout the Mass until the final distribution of the Eucharist at Communion. The first five of these are called the proper, because the text of each is specific to the day it is sung. Today, we'll hear four of these. The introit, sung as the celebrant enters the sanctuary. The gradual, sung after the first reading. The alleluia, sung after the second reading. The offertory, sung while the celebrant prepares the gifts for communion. I found beautiful motet settings of all four of these. And we'll also enjoy all five parts of the ordinary, the Kyrie, the Gloria, the Credo, the Sanctus, and the Agnus Dei, in the form of Heinrich Isaac's Misa Pascalis, an Easter text. Before we start with Isaac's Mass, though, let's begin with our introit, Chibavit Eos, in a motet arrangement by the 15th and 16th century English master, William Byrd. It's performed for us by the Quink Vocal Ensemble, a Dutch group. 
That was our opening intro at Chibavit Eos. He fed them with the finest of wheat, in its motet version by William Byrd. Now we can begin our Mass Ordinary by Heinrich Isaac. First up is the Kyrie, The Lord Have Mercy, sung for us by the Ensemble Officium, a Portuguese ensemble.
We've heard the Kyrie of Heinrich Isaac's Mass Ordinary, his Misa Pascalis. The Gloria follows directly after, so let's let the Ensemble Officium continue with the greater doxology.
We've been listening to the generous setting of the Gloria from Heinrich Isaac's Misa Pascalis. Next up in the order of the sung mass is the gradual proper. Today's text is Oculi Omnium, the eyes of all look toward you in hope, O Lord. We'll hear this in a motet arrangement by a master of the high renaissance, Orlando di Lasso. The singers are the Currende Vocal Ensemble, a Belgian group.
That was our gradual for this feast of Corpus Christi. Next up is the Alleluia Caro Mea, My Flesh is a True Food, from the Gospel of John. The singers of this motet are the Stagioni Armonica, in a motet by the Italian Baroque composer Alessandro Scarlatti. We've been listening to Alessandro Scarlatti's gorgeous motet, Caro Mea, composed for the feast of Corpus Christi more than 400 years ago. Next in the order of the Mass comes the Nicene Creed, or Credo. 
Here, we'll return to Isak's Mass, as sung by the ensemble Officium.
That was a central bit of today's Mass Ordinary, the Credo, in its setting by Heinrich Isaac for his Misa Pascalis. And next up is the offertory proper, Portas Celi, the Lord opened the doors of heaven. This was said as a motet by the 17th century Polish composer, Mikolaj Zielenski. The singers are the Collegium Zielenski of Krakow. was our offertory by Mikolai Zielenski, The Lord Opened the Doors of Heaven. And now we may return to our Mass Ordinary with the Sanctus of the Misa Pascalis by Heinrich Isaac. Isaac, who lived in the 15th and 16th centuries, was an extremely prolific composer and one of the most influential of his time. 
We've heard the short Sanctus and Benedictus of Heinrich Isaac's Mass. And now we shall finish our Mass ordinary with the Agnus Dei, or Lamb of God. We've heard the Agnus Dei of Heinrich Isaac's Misa Pascalis, sung by the Ensemble Officium from Portugal. And this leaves us just time enough for what has become a frequent feature of these programs, an Ave Maria. This was one of the several that Palestrina composed, and it is sung for us by the Sistine Chapel Choir, a group that Palestrina sang in as a youngster and conducted as an adult.
was Palestrina's lovely motet, Ave Maria. And with it, we've come to the end of today's program. I hope you've enjoyed the motets and Heinrich Isaac's Mass Ordinary for the Feast of Corpus Christi. And I hope you'll tune in next weekend as we celebrate the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time with a lovely Mass by the Swiss Renaissance composer Ludwig Zentfel. You can listen again to this program or to any of our programs in this series and see our playlists by visiting our website at materdayradio.com. Once there, click on the programming menu and choose The Glory of the Mass 197. The Glory of the Mass is produced by Patrick Ryan for Mater Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. I'm your host, Terry Ross, wishing you a spiritually nourishing Corpus Christi. This has been The Glory of the Mass with Terry Ross, a weekly examination of the beautiful music of the sacred liturgy of the Catholic Church. For more information about this program, including a playlist from today's show, visit The Glory of the Mass online at materdayradio.com. The Glory of the Mass is produced at the studios of Materday Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.